Hi, Corinne. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Motherload. This is the first episode of an experimental uh, addition to the podcast. Welcome back if you're a repeat listener and welcome if it's the first time. This is a special episode uh, and we're calling it the Motherload. And by we, I mean myself, your regular host, Corinne Mills, and my special, extra special guest today, Nina Lang. Hi, everybody. Hi, Nina. Can you introduce yourself for the people and tell us a little bit about this concept of the motherload? Sure. Hello, the people. I'm Nina. Um, I am a friend of Corinne's and a mom. And my reasons behind why I wanted to do the motherload was mostly as my mom identity kind of evolves and emerges more profoundly as my kids have gotten older. And as I've kind of been out there in the world more, I've been wanting to hear from other moms who were doing it while black and brown and interested in hearing from our voices. And so I figured who better to do that with than my good friend, Corinne, who's already a <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> did you did you call me a podspert? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. And I guess I'm also momming while black. Mm-hmm. Like you. All right, cool. I'm into it because basically because of everything you just said and because it is a huge part of our identity and our continuing to change identity. You know, we're moms. Uh, we've known each other a long time. We've both been moms for a few years now. I have one. You have two. Your oldest is older than mine. So I've been watching you longer than I've been a mom. But I'm also like, you know, we talk about it a lot. And just like my mind cont- stays blown as the ages and stages continue, it's like, it's not over. It wasn't just like one thing to become a mom. It wasn't one thing to have a, an infant. And then it's like, you learned it all. And then you have a, a one-year-old and you learned it all. Like there's no learning at all. It keeps changing and I keep changing. Yeah. And you, you definitely realize you both have the hang of it and never have the hang of it. That's what I feel like. That's what, for me, especially having two kids, that second kid, I was like, oh, I know how to have kids. And then I had the second kid and I was like, oh, I know how to have this one kid I already had. (laughs) (laughs) Now I've got this other kid I've got a parent. That's a whole new thing I know nothing about. (laughs) Let me start again. Really? Because I keep thinking to myself, even in my old age, I keep thinking to myself, if I were to do this again, I would really like, I would have so much more together. I, I know what it is to have a baby. It would be so much like I just I part of me really <laughs> wants to try again to see how much better I could do it. I mean, I think you could. There are some basic things that you would do better, right? Like all the like logistical things that need to be done. Although having the second kid really had to make me manage my schedule better because having one, mm-hmm. it was just a little bit different. But I, I think that I think there are some things that would be easier for sure. I think that the perspective of having a child that went through those stages would definitely inform you. But every kid's different. And in the case of my kids, their temperaments are so different that what yeah. works for one is, you know what I'm saying? And then yeah, it's just, that's what the, that's what my main parenting book tells me too, to that temperament <laughs> is specific to the kid. Yeah. I think the household and like running the household piece is definitely, you'd be old hat at it, feeling comfortable with infant care or not freaking out every time something goes wrong. All that stuff would be better with the second one, right? You probably would be less yeah about it like now I was like Cole's like everything had to happen because it's like the first for everything and it's all intense and I think of now I was like oh it's okay if she doesn't have a birthday party because (laughs) 
She's going to live forever. She'll have a lot of birthday parties. <laughs> oh, it's okay if this is like stained and a little too short. Cause you know, it's just like, you just know that. Whereas I think with Cole, I was like much more. Yeah. That's another thing they say. It's like your second kid doesn't have as many photos and all that. No, She has photos. Cause it's the 2018. So I feel like we're just walking around, like shoving our cameras Knocking in our kids. Everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Smile. We must tell everyone we went apple picking. <laughs> oh my gosh there's so many mom topics yeah there's, there's so it's, many. It's, it's, i don't want to get overwhelmed i don't want to like just talk about everything that's already been said by everybody else but i do think that our point of view matters just telling what? your own story always matters mm-hmm. uh, and i also think this is just the beginning there's so many things to cover yeah i'm down i'm ready I'm ready yeah. for this ride <laughs> So what's like bubbling up for you these days is like the big thing in your new identity frontier, mom frontier. I think that just the like interchange between my identity as a mom and how that kind of is merged with my other identities. They're more integrated now, right? I sort of see things. I see the world in part as me, as a individual, as a black woman, as a woman approaching her forties, as a mom, it's like all integrated. But I find that like my relationship to people has changed a lot because I've started to look at people as being somebody's child or somebody's parent yeah. all the time. So I, f- I feel like I'm a little bit more compassionate. Than that's I amazing. I, I feel like that's happened to me that I see people differently a little bit under that mom lens. I see my mother's lens more than I ever did before. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I try not, I, I'm policing myself in terms of judging people based on it. <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. it's so before and after my identity. It's so before and after. It's like it is an entirely new existence. Yeah. And still my core self in terms of like my skills and abilities and interests. And actually, that's not even true. Like my skills and abilities, I feel like are also on another plane. <laughs> and my interests are also on another plane because, so sorry, I, I take it all back. Everything's different. <laughs> Every single thing is different. I, there's yeah. my core self. My my core temperament is probably the same, like who I was born to be. But I I feel like I'm relearning how to be in the world, what the world is made of. Even I know that's like really heady, but I, I'm just gonna say that it's before and after, and I'll try to think up some examples. It, no, and I think it's changed. Like I think initially, like I was really resistant to it. Like I when people would ask me about people be like, well, because you're a mom now, I found that, I would find that really irritating. Mm-hmm. But I'd be like, what does that even mean? Like, I'm a mom now. What is even that? What is even that? You know, I was like, mm-hmm. so, it just would make me nuts. And I feel like now, I'm like, yeah, that is, it's definitely true. Yeah, exactly. It, it, whether it's meant to be insulting or not, I'll take it. You know, you know what it is? Sorry, this is probably not even all of it, but it's the orientation it's grounding in a new way it draws new lines around your priorities uh and it instantly snaps things into place that used to just be floating in space like how much time i have and and what actually needs to get done before anything else gets done and that sort of thing because you're caring for another life because you start because you increasingly care about that life like i swear i love this child way more than i did when he was born yeah because you're engaging with them more and because they're I didn't anticipate that. Like, I had this love fantasy about having a baby. Yeah. Was part of what was so upsetting about having a baby. (laughs) (laughs) 
Dearest listener, pardon the interruption. At this point in the recording, it just stopped functioning because the app I'm using to record my dear Nina, who is in Maryland while I'm in Brooklyn, New York, turns out was just a piece of crap. You get what you pay for in this free app that I used, and I won't be using it again. So my apologies for the poor quality of the audio. I've done my best to correct it, and thank you for sticking with it. You'll hear me reference the interruption right now as we go right back in to the show. Maybe that was the segue we were looking for. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, basically the last recorded comment was how upsetting it was to actually have a baby because he was this alien that I was terrified of. Yeah, that would not happen, I don't think, round two. That's part of what I'm hoping to be able to do better next time is to just be excited because I know what's coming. Yeah. Yeah, I had another mom friend of mine who, if three, but the middle one, I'm pretty sure I recall her saying they had that one just to see if they could actually do it again. (laughs) (laughs) That's quite the thought experiment. To be like, can we do this again? Turns out they could. And then one more time after. Yeah, I think it's like, I think it's actually an itch that maybe doesn't go away. You just decide not to scratch it or not. I have friends that are thinking about a third just because mm-hmm. they love, I don't know, just because. Yeah, my brother says um, that after two, it doesn't really matter. I have heard, I, I just read a headline. I read a lot of headlines and not articles. And I just recently read a headline that said, moms of three are the most stressed. Any other number is less stressful than three. Right. Well, I did say my brother said. I didn't ask his <laughs> wife. <laughs> That's true. Good point. It's a, a notable distinction that we should keep in perspective. That's true. We are calling this the mother load, not the parent load. <laughs> I mean, he's an active parent, so no diss, no diss, but I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. It's not our experience, the dad experience. Exactly. The dad experience. I'm all about hyper. Hi, hi, what do you call those? The, Marrying words now. Yeah, smoking. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So anyway, an endless amount to say on how our identities have changed. And I guess we'll keep talking about it as we keep talking. Yes, because I, I will say one thing, which I was realizing that sometimes I still like struggle with figuring out how that works publicly. Like when I like when people when I'll go on someone's something and the, it'll be like mother, wife, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like listing. who. There's something about that that always I'm always like. I don't know. I have a reaction to it. It's not always a positive reaction, mm-hmm. but I can't figure out why because I get it. You, you know what I mean? You can't figure out why. Why? Yeah. What I'm reacting to. Because at the same time, I'm sitting here saying explicitly that that like is now part of my own identity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it could be any number of reasons. Life is triggering. Modern life is triggering. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we all have triggers based on our past experience yeah and I think yeah and I think maybe too like I don't see them as separate I think maybe it's the separation that I'm responding to yeah it do, it's, not, it's none of my business how other people so really it doesn't matter what I think but I'm realizing that the reason why I think I'm reacting that maybe it's also because it's all separate like yeah. I feel like I like it's incorporated like I ate motherhood you know what I'm saying and now it's like in me <laughs> you took the motherhood <laughs> pill it's not like you yeah. can undo it Right, but it's not like it's a separate thing that I like. Sometimes I'm a mom, and sometimes I'm a wife, and sometimes I'm a yeah. you know grumpy I, person I, or whatever. Yes, I feel that. So I'm not. I'm still not hearing like what's the irritating part. 
So I think maybe I'm irritated because it's like separated out and it feels like a removal of the self. Yeah. When somebody is like, oh, but that's just that other part of you. Right. Like it's like, like there are things that can be separated out and live differently. And whereas I feel like you can't really. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I'm just wondering, like, can you tell me a story when that really got on your nerves? No. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm just like, I'm seeing it, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? Who knows? I care. Okay. So we talked about a couple of like things you and I were talking about just doing this around our mom models. Uh Like for me, and I talked about this actually in my most recent comeback episode for this podcast, for uh, my umbrella podcast. Just like how hard I was rooting for Serena to win the US Open last yeah. month because or earlier this month because I really want her to make a comeback as a mom. Me too. I really want that emotionally <laughs> for myself, for the world and for myself. And I think that like I was really struck by her emotion and how much she wants it too. You know what I mean? Like what a competitor she is. And talk about like a fused identity, right? But like what a competitor she is like at baseline, right? Like you can't have gotten, have achieved what she's achieved if you weren't just like, I am going to do this, right? I'm going to like win this. I'm going to win all the things. That's basically how she Mm -hmm. goes through life. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to win all the things I can win. And I don't know. She I mean she it's she, inspiring, like within the courts. I mean, also because she had such a difficult birth that you know she had complications. Yes, yes. and life. how relatable that story is. Yes, and then she had to get her body to cooperate with her after yes. that whole. So a lot of it, I think, is like you can see yourself in this remarkable individual, right? Here she is, this like incredible champion who didn't have a baby at twenty, mm-hmm. and body, even her body, which is like a body that does what she tells it to do (laughs) didn't do what it's always what she wanted to do you know what I'm saying and she had to like work through all of that and there's just it's so much to it and how we tell these big stories about heroes and you know you can do it and live the dream and have it all and how part of becoming a mom is like breaking all those bullshit illusions (laughs) about what it is to to be who you are and to and to be successful and also like for you personally the power that you and I'm talking about me the power mm-hmm. that you have to come into to get the job done and to keep going and to continue to like see yourself as a person in the world not only a mom but a mom amongst all the things that you are mm-hmm. and how our culture actually doesn't make any space for that like <laughs> we are so actually close practically to uh hunter gather <laughs> in terms of the way these things play out and yeah. and how hard or easy it is to to carve out anything beyond motherhood for yourself once you become a mom well especially because it's kind of an either or sometimes it's either or game like i i don't like that whole having it all thing is just such a fallacy you know it's not even and it's just the thing that we talk about amongst ourselves after we become moms and I think the thing that is triggering for me or the thing that's like big for me is how divided the experience is for women of this thing that's so 
key and core to a woman's identity. And that's just like night and day and separates you from other women. And before I was a mom, I just, I, I did not have, I mean, I think maybe there's just something basic about that. But I didn't have the bandwidth or the, I feel like the exposure to like the truth of this experience. Part of what was upsetting for me about it, I felt so pissed at how unknown it felt. I just, I didn't understand why it felt so foreign, this thing that happens a million times a day, every day. You mean having the, the child at all? Having Wait, a well- child, what it is to be a new mo- mother, what it is to have a newborn, why it felt, why I felt like it, it, on an island by myself. And I know that that's partly my own experience and not, it's not that way for everyone. And it's partly because you're not listening to these messages before they apply to you. Sure. Hold on. I'm going to try start my car. Pardon this noise in the background because my phone yeah. is dying. Hold on. Because <laughs> this is the real life of hiding from my children. Um, <laughs> but I think, I don't know. I, I could, I've never been able to figure out if that's just because A, you don't listen to the message before they apply to you and B, like, what does your tribe look like? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I only had one friend who had a child at that time. So I didn't have any, I didn't have like a network of other moms to kind of step into. Yeah. Moms I was meeting through like neighborhood momming. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, but it I, matters like who your friends are, but I feel like at least in New York, at least in our peer-ish circle, mm-hmm. I feel like everybody's goes through some version of that, like meeting new moms and creating a new network after you become a mom. Right. But that, did that help, though, in terms of you're saying, like, feeling alienated and, like, foreign? It I did, like- but it also, I just, I was sort of pissed around how disconnected modern life is from just, like, the basics of the human experience in this way. The fact that I don't have a reliable village just to expect to lend a hand unless I've intentionally cultivated it for myself outside of all my norms. Right. Yeah, no, we're not, we don't live in that world. No. And I, I couldn't get over the injustice of <laughs> how much harder it felt because, yeah. because of the absence of that. It just seemed like not necessary for it to be that way. Yeah. And I feel like it's also a modern approach to children is this idea that like you, it's a choice you can make or not make, right? Which I think is fair. And mm-hmm. then it's not, but it doesn't seem, I don't think it's necessarily seeming as integrated to society like I don't want to even get into this topic but there's this if you like look at the comment section or this dialogues that people have around FMLA and child you know like yes and and paternity leave and all that yes and how how both sides right people who have chosen to have children people who have chosen not to have children or not had children yet or whatever the case might be or never want children or whoever how that has played out if you listen to how the conversation if that's what you could call it is it seems pretty clear that we don't really connect these individual decisions as part of a fabric of anything bigger than people's individual decisions right mm-hmm. yes exactly so one side's like well i made this decision and of course having made this decision i should be entitled to these accommodations because you can't do these two things without some accommodation and why should i be excluded from from doing this one thing because i do the other Mm-hmm. right and, yeah and why why are, why can't we all get all the things because we're not looking at each other as part of something larger so yes you know the resources are finite and so you're taking from me or you're causing me to have a difficult time because we're not i'm not going to get that back 
You know what I mean? Because right. there isn't. I'm not going to get that back in the form of functional citizens 30 years from now who <laughs> who aren't um, destroying yes. the infrastructure that my generation built. <laughs> right. Well, I just, you know what I mean? But I think, I don't know. I think it's, on the other yeah. hand, like, why is the workplace culture so oppressive that if you don't, that, that that's the only way you feel like you can find. I think that we're both getting it. it. That just sounds like another way of coming at it. Like we are pitted against each other in the way that things right. currently work. We're all pitted right. against each other, not just women against women. Right. And exactly. that's why we don't have a village. Right. Because if your employer isn't supplementing the workforce in the absence of others like that's the problem yeah it's stupid right yeah <laughs> <laughs> on that note let's talk about joy <laughs> okay let's do it where are you gonna find your joy this holiday season like what are you looking forward to well i'm looking so i have the day off on halloween i switched with somebody because oh look at you halloween. congratulations so i get to go see the my kids halloween parade at school that's cool i don't know if this is tmi but was that last year that nala was a duck yeah the year before last the year before last <laughs> oh, that was so cute that was a halloween parade yes oh that was so great okay so i have a i have a mental image it's gonna be good this year the, the little ones she's gonna be a pink cat was the request hmm so that is a costume I can make, which it was my favorite thing is making the costumes, but becoming less and less. I'm realizing now that this is a dream that is finite. The making <laughs> of the costumes. Well, they won't always be as adorable, one, as they are now. What else? What? Why else is it finite? So last year, he wanted to be Black Panther. I cannot, like, I cannot make a good Black Panther costume. It would have been a disaster, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not, I don't it's have too skills specific, like that. Yeah. It's too specific. It's like way too technical. Like I'm not going to do get plastic and melt it. And like, I'm not doing all that. So that I had to purchase this year. Spider-Man was the request mm-hmm. and very specific. Wanted it to like be as realistic as possible. Like zip up the back was a major component to the request. Whoa. Because we don't want any hair or skin to show so as to give away his identity. He has hair on his back? On his head. Oh. So <laughs> So he's my six-year-old's a wolf man. No. Um, <laughs> he's in for the authenticity. I get it. I definitely. It. So I found a zip-up one. We got it. So that's good. He's very excited about it. Yeah. And then so, yeah. So it sounds like you're figuring it out. Oh, so you think the requests are just going to get more and more intense? Yeah. They're not going to be like, they used to, like, what was he the first years? Like we were, they were more like... They're like things like a pink cat. Like they're more imaginative, right? So Yes. And there was that one amazing year he was a robot. Was that the year? Exactly. Yeah. He was a robot the year she was a black cat, which she didn't care because she was an infant. I just made it. And then the year and next year, he was a super cat that he chose that one. So he was like, cats are a big theme, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) And I just want to say, like your Halloween and general holiday spirit is a source of inspiration for me because I am not what one might call a crafty mom. But some the joy that I derive around looking at your kids makes me want that too. <laughs> well, what something about it connects to my spirit in general, like my like, oh, this is what's great about kids part. <laughs> so I'm not crafty. I'm totally good and comfortable 
purchasing my child's costume, but I do love just to get into the spirit of the upcoming holiday. We're going to get a pumpkin this year, which we've never done before. My four-year-old is getting his first pumpkin to carve, and we decorated our house yesterday. Oh, that's, that's big. Yeah, I've never in my life decorated my house for Halloween. I still haven't, and we got a lot of complaints this year from Cole about that. Oh, I was going to say from the neighbors, because I was putting up this spider web around my house, like, what is this? What if my neighbors... I have the shell shock concern about Halloween, because I've worked with more than one co-worker or daycare provider talk about how Halloween is evil, and I don't want to offend anyone with my decorated Halloween. Your Caribbean neighborhood. Yeah, definitely a, a West Indian uh, response that my Americanness was n- never anticipated. And mm. I was putting up these spider webs on my railings. Like, I hope my neighbors are not offended by this because it's a week from Halloween and we're doing this. I mean, I feel like there we. So I am. I don't know if you recall this about me, but I'm kind of an adult Halloween Grinch. No, I I, I did not recall that from you of the annual pumpkin carve off that started here with my children which is where the kids paint the pumpkins by the way which is lovely because they don't can't carve without our supervision yeah and then we drink pumpkin beer and challenge each other to make good pumpkin so i enjoy that part of it yeah that sounds like holiday spirit honestly no when i think adult halloween i'm talking about like all the halloweens we did until we had kids right which is what do people get dressed up yes and parties and like everybody's a sexy something i'm a sexy tree i'm a sexy nurse i'm a sexy cat yeah i'm a sexy trash can it's yeah. so annoying i feel like we always sort of side-eyed that as like prior to our mom lives we did i've definitely side-eyed it my whole life but i'm it made me not really love that holiday because and there are the people who like really go for it with the costumes which is always i get how that's so appealing right the people yeah. who really go out but I would always just get turned off by all the... Well, that who cares? Your costume is the story you tell around it. My costume is whatever I feel comfortable pinning to myself from the dollar store. There you go. You, though, find things in the dollar store that I don't even know existed. Oh, my gosh. I love the dollar store. And my child loves it. And he thinks it's like a really special treat wonderland to get to go to the dollar store. Yeah. It is. And so he helps me see the dollar store with fresh eyes. And he's very creative about it. But I mean, that thing you got from the dollar store, that knight's costume? Yeah, that was good. That's just, that's Dollar Tree. Like, big up to Dollar Tree. That's that's a good dollar store. I would agree with that. Also, New York is good with pharmacies and dollar stores. (laughs) Silver Spring doesn't have the dollar store. It doesn't have the pharmacy game down. The pharmacy game just, it's not as dense. I mean, New York, like, I so I love pharmacies, as you know. Mm -hmm. Love them. And New York was a beautiful place to live for me because there's a pharmacy like every other block. I mean, like, I don't know why we have so many pharmacies in New York. It's not, I, there's way more pharmacies than could be possibly needed by the population. Yeah, like, like Starbucks. I mean, it's like a Rite Aid and then a block later, another Rite Aid and then a block later, a giant Walgreens. Yeah. Or not Rite Aid, Dwayne Reed, sorry. Dwayne Reed, Dwayne Reed, Walgreens, Dwayne Reed, CVS. CVS in New York is trash. Yep. But, but Dwayne CVS Reed. and Rite Aid are just like clinging to nothing. Yeah, Rite Aid okay. But they're down here, they're okay, you know. CVS and Rite Aid yeah, in CV- D.C. I was going to say, fine. outside of New York, people say CVS. Right, but Dwayne Reed is killing it in the game. Yeah. And then they got Walgreens, and it was all good. Walgreens set up its game, too. <laughs> Walgreens, 
when they bought Walgreens, that Walgreens in Union Square. <laughs> oh my God! Let, don't get me started on that Union Square Walgreens. Okay. <laughs> if you went in pre Dwayne Reed ownership, okay, you went in there, it looked bananas. Or did or did Walgreens buy Dwayne Reed? Can I just say I, I don't know? It's a, some kind of merger. And I just there, say there's two across the street from each other right now in in, in Union Square. They're like exactly. They're on. They're on the same side of the street, either corner has a Walgreens. It makes no sense. It yeah. makes no sense. Exactly. But I, but I, but I love that. Yeah. And also every neighborhood I ever lived in had like two dollar stores or three. <laughs> Why? Like from one, from the, when I was working in Bay Ridge, there was a school, right? That I worked at yeah. within six blocks. There were three different dollar stores. I think that's a comment on Bay Ridge. I would say that the dollar store is very much about the local population. There's just not as many dollars. There's just like, there's no dollar stores in Park Slope. Like, where's the dollar store in Park Slope? Oh, I, well, I never spent any time there. Yeah, exactly. Let me tell you something about Park Slope, though. Big up to Park Slope. I think I mentioned this to you last year. The, and that this is the, the only time I've ever said big up to Park Slope. But I, <laughs> I will say it about Halloween. Oh, yeah. For I, sure. Last year... Yep. Kid Halloween. Learned, Kid. Yes. Last year, I learned what Park Slope is for, and it is for a child's Halloween experience. I, I feel like that is also the case for, like, the Bay Ridge area as well. Mm. Can also, also does that. See, I'm triggered like, by Bay Ridge. <laughs> no, a, you should be. As a lifelong, as, as a native Brooklynite, Bay Ridge is not historically safe space for my Halloween it, experience. It's still not safe space, or childhood although childhood or adult experience. <laughs> it's it's a little different now, but I would agree with you there. It's it's actually in the neighborhood that really does it is um, what's just beyond Bay Ridge. Uh, Staten Island. No, <laughs> Sheep's at Bay. No. Sheep's at Bay. Uh, no, not Sheep's Head Bay. There's one more. Brighton Beach. Anyway, no, no. I don't know what you're talking about. I'll tell you later. But anyway. They really do it, and there I really don't feel safe. My coworker was like, oh. oh. He was like, do you want to go? You should go there for the Christmas, whatever. And I was, you, you should take your kids and go. And I was like, no, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Bensonhurst? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You're, I, and I would agree with you about that. And I was like, I feel like that's a bridge too far. I can yeah. do bridge. Yeah. I don't know yeah. Let's double back on who's the audience. Let's reassess the audience for that. Okay, on that note, I would say this has been a success. Yeah. Are you going to find holiday joy, by the way? Yeah, I'm going to find holiday joy in Park Slope when I take my child trick-or-treating. I also now am at a critical mass with friends with kids. Yeah. Like Sam, my baby daddies, all his friends now have kids or a kid on the way or something. And so the socializing is getting better. People are other people are organizing things. Uh, there should be a nice Halloween event occurring, and you know our kids four, so like we're in the groove with this thing. And I'm looking forward to. Oh, that's just one of the ways my kid keeps getting better. He just he keeps making the holidays more fun. Yes. Now that he's getting the hang of them too, he's looking forward to them. He's being mm-hmm. more adorable, and I keep getting more joy through his eyes. So. Well, I can't wait to talk about Christmas because that's the one I really go eight for. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk about Christmas in, in the new year. <laughs> we'll do this again. <laughs>
<laughs> Sounds like a plan, Stan. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, I hope whoever's listening enjoyed it. And That's right. I hope you enjoyed it enough to tune in the next time. We'll, we'll try to do this, you know, every so often, every few months, quarterly, even. So we'll see you again in the new year. So. Yeah, come back. Yeah. And so that's peace from the motherlode. Till next time. Till next time. Bye. We're, we're the mothers. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Nina. Bye.